0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Through My Smudge Glasses podcast. If you haven't been keeping up with us, then you wouldn't know that this is actually our 10th episode. Yep, we have released over 10 of these, or about 10 of these, and this milestone is exciting, but only the beginning. To introduce you to what we've been doing here on the podcast, the Through My Smudge Glasses podcast is a podcast that's dedicated to STEM, social issues, and positivity. Its focus is spreading information because knowledge is power, and the right information can make a great amount of difference in your thoughts and actions. So far, our ten episodes within our 10 episodes, we have been able to spread knowledge to around four different countries, and the episodes that we have released range from a wide variety of subjects, some of our most popular episodes being COVID's effect on the brain, indigenous peoples and land acknowledgements, our humans, the next woolly rhinos, and the potential of the human microbiome. If you're interested in these episode topics or any other episode topics, be sure to check them out after listening to this episode. If you know someone that would enjoy the podcast, be sure to recommend it to them too. Follow or subscribe to the podcast, and be sure to follow our Instagram at through my smudge glasses. all in lowercase spelled exactly like the title. For our 10th episode, I wanted to talk about something that, at least for me, has become very apparent and a very big problem recently that I've become more aware of that I'm a part of. And I wanted to talk about the Western consumer culture, which, ha- which affects all of us. And since I live in the United States, I want to talk specifically about what a big problem it is in the U.S. It's really important to be aware of what consumer culture is and be aware of how your actions can make change in that way. So keep listening to find out more. let's start out with talking about what consumer culture in America is. As the industrial revolution began to really grip America, the concept of making your own belongings basically flew out the window. Humans went from times when they made their necessary items to having small stores where they could get small amounts of items that they needed, to a system that is more similar to our system of having mass amounts of materials at an easy distance. This is important because as the amount of things that people were buying increased, the amount of materials being produced also increased. The supply always rises to meet the demands. This led to a problem because as Americans' demands grew, we reached a point where the amount of things that we bought was an outrageous amount to what we actually need. This happened as a result of a cultural shift as well. Whereas previously, the wealth of material goods were determined by the amount of time and effort was put into the good, now that has completely changed with the way our society views are consuming. The way we determine the value of what we are buying now relies on three basic principles consumption, leisure, and material abundance. The first word consumption is basically when people started buying clothes and other things in stores rather than suing, making, or trading them for themselves. It's when big stores started booming, like chain stores where you can go to another city and the same store with the relatively same clothes will be in those stores. When shops started to become the only place where people bought materials, and especially on such a large scale amount, this is when companies who owned those stores started producing more things and those things being generic. The amount of clothes that they were able to sell means that they were also able to lower the prices of their items, which means they were able to draw customers away from local stores as well, who might not have the amount of capacity to lower their prices. We'll revisit the concept of lower prices later on in the podcast as well. The next word that is used to describe the new American consumer culture is leisure. Leisure is describing how Americans generally choose to buy from the option that is easiest for them. Why, go to, why do general stores and the mall exist? It's so that when you can buy apples and when you want to buy apples, you don't have to go to an apple store, oh, not the computer, the fruit, and only buy apples. It's so that you can go to a general store and buy apples along with picking up your other groceries. It's the same thing with malls and why they do so well. Why would you want to go to a different store for your clothes, shoes, and other materials when you can go to one place for all of them and get some great fast food along the way? The closed stores also help increase profit for each of those stores and they work as together to create a greater profit for all of them. Amazon is the front runner of an example of how and why leisure is such a surefire way to get a business up and running, and to get consumer consumers to immediately like it. The leisure that comes along with Amazon and other online stores is unparalleled. You don't have to do anything but click a button from your house and just wait, and in most cases you can pay extra money if you don't even want to wait. The last word is material abundance. Material abundance is the amount of materials stores make. The crazy amounts of clothing and other materials such as produce that manufacturers make mean that Americans don't really buy things that are not always readily available to them unless they are making highly unless they are trying to get highly coveted things such as designer brands. This makes it harder for smaller businesses to draw in profitable customers' amount because they do not always have the accessibility that many Americans are looking for further supplementing these big, huge brands. So, just a little review. What does American consumer culture mean? It means it means it, it. describes Americans always buying a large amount of material things according to the leisure and material abundance of them, but also not really using the materials long enough to justify the amount that they buy. Many Americans wear clothes that they have owned for a short time, maybe once or twice before throwing it away or donating it and they do not get enough use before out of it before clearing space in their closet to make room for more pieces of clothing that they're bringing in. The same thing can be said about many other materials that Americans buy because in this consumer culture it's not about buying something to replace something that you once had but cannot use. The mindset has shifted to only praising things that are new or valuing things that is new and this mindset can create a really wasteful kind of way of us using our materials. This idea that new is always good and wearing something multiple times is a sign that you are not high enough for whatever reason on the wealth status is something that has been only propagated and spread by social media and celebrities. You'll see the star-studded populations of America never being seen on carpets or now even in public in the same clothes that they've worn before once. This is something that needs to be promoted more in the media. The stigma that wearing something old or something that you've worn before somehow makes it worth a lot less than when you bought it is a notion that leads to many people not using the worth out of something before giving it away. The first starts the first step starts with social media not stigmatizing wearing the same thing god forbid more than one time in your lifetime because that's normal to get use out of a piece of clothing before throwing it away. Celebrities often use this constant consuming of clothes as a way to express their fashion, but it also is a way for them to display the status of their rise to fame, as they are now dressing to the part and the standard that has been placed before them. A trend that has also been going around is fast fashion, and many lower class or people who cannot probably afford to wear the new things every single day use fast fashion as a way to get trendy and in-time clothing while also not breaking the bank. Now, this is something that I don't really know how can be solved without a cultural reset. Fast fashion is the consuming that a lot of Americans are doing from stores that sell clothes that are remarkably at low prices. The reason why fast fashion is so popular is because it makes sense why a person who is not looking to spend a lot of money on clothes but still wants a lot of clothes because they want to display their personality and just have that sense of wealth and newness would choose a shirt that costs under $10 over a shirt that, costs, that looks the same but costs $25. This fast fashion, though, comes with a heavy cost that consumers are al- are almost always blissfully unaware of that they are taking part of. When it comes to fast fashion the brands that are capable of doing this are most likely not abiding with labor and minimum wage laws to provide the people that actually make their clothes with reasonable and safe working conditions and pay some of the more well-known cases of workers in bangladesh pakistan india china indonesia and sri lanka many workers there work in factories for major companies major fast fashion companies they never fulfill any payment or labor promises that they are supposed to make this can lead to the families of these people doing th- doing backbreaking labor and not being compensated enough to have a stable place to stay and live by living paycheck to paycheck they do not have enough job security and benefits for them to live a healthy lifestyle outside of their job especially with factories being shut down for coronavirus and all sales being low Many workers cannot go into factories to work, and because of that, companies aren't paying up the workers and they are not getting enough money to live during this time. Fast fashion may seem like an easy choice to an American consumer who just wants to take a part in a good deal, but what it is actually doing is continuing to support the mistreatment of human workers who need to support from their job. Continuing to shop for them doesn't hold them accountable for what their company is doing. It also causes a great shift in what American consumers perceive as normal clothing prices. Americans wonder why more local clothes shopping centers are selling clothes to them for a higher price, and now those become outrageous where these fast fashion brands seem more friendly to their budget. These low costs often mean that the clothing itself is not sustainable and will degrade quicker than an accurately priced piece of clothing. The accurately priced piece of clothing also probably comes from workers who made that clothing while having job security and decent working and payment conditions. Of course, we can't write off the quality of a piece of cloth purely based, on its, um, purely based on its price, which is why research needs to happen behind these brands before you know who to shop from. Our overall worth for what our money is also going down and we end up spending more of it even though in our heads it seems like we're spending less on clothes. We think in our heads that our money that we have worked for is more better spent buying a lesser quality piece of clothing from unethical backgrounds than it is better spent buying a better piece of clothing from people who are not exploiting labor to run their businesses. We are continuing to disrespect our money when we keep on giving it to people who are not growing their businesses without harming others. A way to stop the spread of fast fashion and insist better working conditions for the workers is by boycotting these fast fashion brands. Fast fashion businesses cannot continue to run if they do not have enough of an audience to cater to. There are many websites you can look at to find brands that have sustainable clothing and brands that get their clothing from ethical places. For the workers who need better working conditions, the best way to help is by learning more and then signing petitions and being part of other work that helps support them, such as donations and demanding that companies that have branches that sell clothes where you live fix their working conditions. It can seem hard at first to give up buying the amount of clothes that we are all used to and all are pressured to buy, and trying to shop with more of these things in mind but keep in mind that you decide with your money who, are, who you are going to support. You hold power to make a difference by choosing where you will spend your money. And trust me, it does make a difference. Another popular trend in clothing that leads to Americans spending without much thought is the thrifting trend that is going on currently. While thrifting is a great way for people to buy clothes in a sustainable way that doesn't waste as much as regular shopping would, There does come a problem when enough people out of the population who doesn't exactly need to thrift clothes start thrifting. It hurts the accessibility of thrift stores to those who actually depend on the low prices and decent clothing to wear every day. Thrift stores seem to sometimes be grouped in as an excuse for many people to add to the amount of clothes that they already have, and this is not helpful for the communities who need thrift stores. By taking away from the clothing that these stores have, these communities have no other options to buy new clothes from. Most people who have hopped onto the thrift thrifting trend have the privilege to afford the amount of clothes that they need without going to thrift stores, and they're just feeding into their own consuming by shopping more at thrift stores. Thrift stores can start to get on the pricier side as well as more demand from shoppers at thrift stores can help them increase their business. Remember, thrift stores were not made to be a place for people to stop after their trip to the mall or just as a way for people who have an adequate amount of money to increase their clothing or as a place to find older, more vintage clothing. It takes away that kind of behavior. It takes away from the people who actually need it. One of the ways of assessing whether your thrifting is harmful to such communities is by looking at your closet and really asking yourself if you need new clothes. If you truly need it, there's nothing wrong with spending a little bit of money that you can spend, as that money came from you or whoever is supporting you's work, so whoever it came from has the right to spend it in any way they want, and there's no problem in buying a few new clothes sometimes to just treat yourself, or just going thrifting if it's fun for you and you don't overspend. A problem arises though when the continuous spending and continuous consuming becomes a habit and it becomes wasteful as we start to throw things away that haven't really reached the limit to their worth. Like I've mentioned in previous episodes, our mindset for how we spend our money needs to shift from thinking that our consuming and throwing away ends with our own actions. Thinking about the bigger picture will tap into our natural human sympathy and will naturally lead us in the right direction. I put together some facts about fast fashion that can help you think about the bigger picture when it comes to who and from where you are shopping. Textile production is the biggest contributor to climate change, and it contributes more than international shipping itself to ship those clothes over to you. People throwing out clothes leads to over $500 billion worth of clothes being thrown out that were still good for use. Most fast fashion brands directly pollute the water because of their waste management system and don't care to change it. And I think that the most important thing to remember is that a lot of these fast fashion brands don't prioritize their sustainability and their contribution to global warming. It's not even the second, third, or fourth thought to them. They don't really care until we show them as consumers that we do care and we want them to as well. Many brands can actually use their sustainability as a marketing strategy so it's important that you want to be more aware of what you are buying and pay attention to the fine print and really do your research to see if that sustainability campaign is actually sustainable. The western world puts so much emphasis on new that these biases have become to seep into the way we judge people purely based on their possessions and I'm not just blaming the problem on the US. Almost all of us have let this mindset influence or control them at some point. Someone could have the capabilities to buy a house three times bigger than the one that they're living in, but they're happy with the size of their house. Another person could have a gigantic house while also being an equally gigantic crippling debt. The weight that we put onto our possessions and new novel possessions and wealth is a never-ending pursuit of something that we can never reach. And is truly wasteful in the way that we are treating the planet by throwing away crazy amounts of things that we buy and the way that we unwittingly support human exploitation. A way to start change of our own, like I said before, is being more mindful and just doing research about how we spend our money. Like I said before, you have power, whether it be from the ideas, people, or brands that you support. And it's the first way you can make change. Okay, so shifting gears a little bit. This week we have another segment of the Q from you segment, where we answer one question that is sent in from a featured listener on this episode. This week our Q from you comes from Manju, so thank you, Manju, for listening to the podcast. And her question was: According to you, did the productivity of high schoolers increase or decrease with COVID? This is actually a very subjective question because I would say a high schooler's productiveness can depend on themselves and the situation they are in. First of all, many high schoolers believe that procrastination is their own quirky study technique and it might not matter to them how they are attending school, they are still going to procrastinate. For others, they might have a better time keeping up with school as they they may be getting more time to work on school as they do not have to go to many places, so their time management actually might increase. The part of a high schooler's productiveness during whatever school system they're attending that depends on themselves is really up to how well they manage their own time, how they learn best, and how mature their study skills are. Now, for the part of their productiveness that depends on the situation that they're in, this definitely could not be up to them. Many students' responsibilities could be increased during the pandemic, as they could need to take care of younger siblings, household responsibilities, or work-related responsibilities. The increase of these tasks due to the pandemic can cut back on the time that they have available for them to work on their schoolwork. I believe that their responsibilities outside of school can really change the way that they are able to be productive with their schoolwork. It's the same thing with the regular school model, except kids have to get used to however their school is changing. And that was just my opinion on answering the question. If you want more information on school systems and COVID, go check out last week's episode that's called Back to School in a Pandemic, What to Know, where we talked about all this kind of stuff and how you can be amazing in your new school year. If you want to be featured for the next Q from You segment, then make sure to follow our Instagram at through my smudge glasses to be able to submit your question through Instagram stories and through comments of our posts. If you have any episode ideas, we are open to receiving those as well. Our podcast episode about data was based off of a listener suggestion, so they usually turn out really good. So, to be more involved, follow us on Instagram at throughmysmudgeglasses, spelled like the title, all in lowercase. That's it for this episode of the Through My Smudge Glasses podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe or follow the podcast and stream all our other episodes and recommend the podcast to someone that you think might enjoy the episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Through My Smudge glasses, all in lowercase and spelled like the titles, to receive notifications about new episodes, get more information on episode topics, and to be part of special segments like the book club and cue From You. If you've listened this far into the podcast, then be sure to go comment a globe emoji if, on our most recent post, and extra credit if you comment on the one, that comment emoji that showcases the continent where you're from or where you're living thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the through my smudge glasses podcast i appreciate it a lot come back next week for our next episode thanks bye